Welcome to the Awake to Joy podcast. The advice and strategies contained here may not be suitable for your situation, and you should consult a professional where appropriate. Let's listen to today's program. Hey, Renee. Hi, Annette. Well, let's see. Today's conversation is going to be a little bit different. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to end up, to be honest with you. Hmm. But I want to talk about the exhaustion, the tiring feeling of walking towards your healing and restoration. Sometimes I know through the journey over the years, there were times I was just enough already. I'm tired. Mm. Yeah. I, I just need a break for a while from it. And I would say I started my journey more right in my early 20s, 1920. Um, I think it was forced more on due to being with John because I married at 18. And so, of course, marriage was going to stir up things faster than anything else. And so that pushed towards my healing more quickly and starting with a counselor and um, leaning into God, searching his word more diligently Mm. and being more willing to climb up on that table and have a tiny surgery done here and a tiny surgery done there type thing. I think God shows great uh, love towards us because he knows I couldn't have taken it all at once. No. Processed it all at once. It was so many years of abuse and such that it wasn't going to be a one-time thing for me. I know Which with everybody, one of those... it's different. Everybody, it's different. <laughs> yes. I was clicking my, my, what do you call it? Snapping my fingers like, darn. You know, if only it could be a, a one and done, you know, I'll give you this 30 minutes and then heal it. <laughs> Look at you. Move on. <laughs> Why You're not 30 minutes? You're a giver girl. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? When did you start your, the very beginning of your healing journey? The very beginning of the healing journey was, um, what did I say when I was 14? I re- mm. reported it at 13, but we didn't move until the summer of my 13 going on to 14. And right around then is when I started then therapy weekly. So it was group therapy and then individual therapy. At the time I was not a believer. I mean, I, we were Catholics going to church, but I did not have a personal relationship with Christ at the time. So I didn't know that I could be leaning on him for extra help. <laughs> when, when, I can't remember. I know you've told the story before, but please forgive me. What was the age that you did find Christ in that relationship? It wasn't long was afterwards. 15. Was I was 15. 15. Okay. So my so sophomore year. Longer. Right. Yeah. So it was my sophomore year. So I started the counseling my freshman year of high school. And so carry that through all of high school. So the four years, and it was intense for four years, I would say, um, several different counselors as well. Once one would have to leave bring another one in after a couple of years. So took me through the dating years. We'll call it that. Okay. <laughs> you know, so for you, it started with uh, being married. And for me, it was, uh, as I began dating, not as a freshman, but towards my junior year is when I began dating. And, um, yeah, those were new developments that would then, oh, uncomfortableness things that would come up that then, this new counselor I remember just talking about and it being weird to talk about. (laughs) 
don't want to talk to you about boys. I don't want to talk to you about how I feel. (laughs) Well, I know for me, it would go well, and I'd be starting to work on a specific something, whatever it was uh, back then. And then it was like, well, I I think I'm pretty good to go, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. And so would take some time off, but then the trauma would come back maybe in a different way. Mm. Um, and I would either start using a coping mechanism that wasn't positive, a behavioral mode that wasn't positive, whether it was self-harm or whatever it was. And instead of going to God right away. And I think that was the biggest thing in the Christian counseling I was getting was they didn't always, uh, put me to God right away, as in there was, come on, let's come on in the office and we'll talk and we'll figure out where it's coming from and all the other. But the biggest thing um, was when I got a counselor that says, you need to go to God right away and ask mm-hmm. him for help. Amen. When you're having this panic in that mode and this memory is just flooding you and you want to go ahead and do any of those modes of fight, flight, <laughs> or freeze type thing, Go to God right away and seek his help. You could do it quietly. People don't have to hear you saying, God, help me type thing. You could do it in your heart, in your soul and breathe. Take a second, breathe. And when you do that, you will know that you did those two steps that I asked you to do. And it was something that wasn't natural because I I had to practice it enough to make it come naturally. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Like, as you were just saying that, I was thinking just practicing exhale was something new, <laughs> you know, because you, you, you walk through abuse, always holding your breath. At least I did holding just almost a literal and a figurative. You mm-hmm. held your breath because you didn't want to happen be, again. Yeah. And you didn't want to be found or you didn't just let it be over kind of thing, holding your breath. And then when you're finally free from it and starting to seek the healing, there is a new, you're just learning how to breathe again. So to be given just two steps like that, it is a big deal because it's not natural. natural. (laughs) Always on hypervigilant, I guess you could call it that. That's something I realized. Yes, absolutely. Um, Practicing that basic step was huge. And when this counselor gave me that advice, it was like, I know I've heard this before in Mm. different ways of reading the Bible. And God says, call out to him and all these different things. But I didn't put it together. This is step Mm. one. This is step two. Do this. Yeah. See how things, you know. And did I still feel frantic? Did I still feel in that mode? I was still there. But it was like it was taken down just a little bit Mm. by I was able to go ahead and ask God for help right away. Help me. And then in my negative part was there's no way you can help me. Because we boxed him in. Because I there's no way out of this or whatever it is, that type of thing. And then I was, yes, I got to breathe. And in that breathing, going, he can do whatever he wants. Mm. He could move a mountain for me if that's what he so desires to do today for me. And I would start thinking of scriptures because that was the next thing the counselor had put on my plate was memorize some scriptures, get some scriptures under your belt. And they, oh, I'm not very good at memorizing. And then I had the whole talk of, well, and what song do you know by heart? 
type thing. And so it was just being, if I can memorize a song, then I can memorize scriptures. And my thought was it just, for some reason, it just seems so big and hard. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes, well, then let's start putting them on three by five cards. Let's just start baby steps and doing that. These scriptures that mean a lot to you at that time. And over the years, different scriptures would mean different things to me. I agree. But in those early years, I needed comfort. I needed assurance. I needed God's big arms around me, but not too tight. And he knew it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause we don't like touch, you know? Yeah. But After. I mean, it was like, I want you to love me, but Hey, you know, <laughs> and he goes, I know, I know. And so those were basics for me. If that, uh, explains the process. Yeah. Um, and those I would use. And then again, another trauma would come up something else that had been buried that I didn't know I buried needed to be processed in a healthy way. And so I would do those steps again. I would ask God for help. I would breathe. I would read scripture. And then I found at times it was, I needed to reach out to others to pray because I wasn't finding in the scripture what I was needing at that moment. Google wasn't big back then. No, <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> Even so, I still needed to reach out to others to pray because when these things were happening, I was under spiritual warfare. Because we don't I, know that, I mean, right? And I didn't know that, but I knew God said to pray, and I knew that He said the three coming together, it could be like a cord, and I understood that because of fishing. And then taking three twines and throwing, you know, having a threaded line is so much stronger than one single cord. Mm. And then two or three in agreement in prayer. And I needed help. I knew it because I was stuck. And he would come through. Of course, they were trusted people that I would ask in prayer. We go back to that, those trusted people. Um, sometimes they just offered perspective. Yeah. You're still not that little girl, Annette. You're so different from that little girl. And I couldn't see that because my reactions were reacting like that five-year-old little girl. Right. And I hadn't adjusted in my brain. I'm not that old anymore. I'm a lot wiser. I wouldn't handle this in that way anymore. More courageous so perspective was huge. And that was a great reason to reach out to somebody to talk with and pray with and verbalizing. Again, we did a chat about it, but saying something helped me not carry the load myself. Yeah. There's a resistance. The thought that just comes to mind is before you even do those steps that the, the counselor had mentioned to you, there's such a heavy resistance from us. I think just as humans on anything that could be good for us, <laughs> I'll be honest. But when we talk about abuse, there is a resistance when we're faced with, Ooh, maybe I need to work on this piece. I know there's a, there's just this natural, I keep saying the word resistance, but there's this natural 
wanting to go the, the other direction because we know it's going to take a little bit of work. We know we're going to have to do. My thought is he's not going to, if I reach out to God and say, help, he's not going to fix it as fast as I want it fixed. And yet if I reach out for, let's say self-harm, that's going to take away my pain faster in my mind. It's going to take away my pain faster than God would go ahead and take away my pain that I'm having in my heart right now. Yeah, all the different choices that we had before. I call it the idols that we picked above God to solve what it was that was starting to come to the surface. We would do those things. Yes. Be it chocolate, Pepsi, avoidance. <laughs> I'm not hearing this. I don't want to go there. There are so many ways that we can respond to dismiss it versus working on it. There, then there came a point where I eventually came around that I can't say I was immediate obedient. <laughs> I'll call it that obedient in the sense of where he would prod something. Hey, talk to me about this. I'm like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to talk about that. Who wants to talk about that? You know, that was the past. Why would I want to big, dig that up again? You know, I think a yeah. lot of people could wreck. Um, what's the word? They can resound with that. Who would want to do that? Who would want to get back up on that table and get re-exposed again and have to deal with that again? And think of all of the bad that could happen if we opened up the can of worms again. I'll call it that. Yes. But what God has shown us is the opposite. We'll draw all these negative things that can happen if we do discuss it with God. And the fears that we think would come out of the discussion with God, those actually didn't happen. <laughs> every time it never happened the way I imagined it was going to happen. It wasn't. Yes. There were times that it was hard. And yes, there were times there was some self-reflection, you know, like my behaviors at that current time would be revealed <laughs> as not healthy or whatever, but it was worth it. I think it was we worth forget it that we've added tools along the way from God's word, from life itself. And we've added these tools to our tool belt. Yeah. And so when it comes up again, or we need to face something in there, we think it's going to be the same as being all the way back at zero. And we're not. Amen. <laughs> it is not starting at zero and being in the fetal position. Hmm. That's a perfect description of it because that's what I always pictured it at the very beginning of it, even, you know, finally having been broken free of that abuse, I, I would see myself in that fetal position, that person that's just scrunched up on the floor in a corner, don't know what to do now. Yeah, I told it. Yeah, I'm out of it, but I don't know what to do now. And I'm hurting like crazy. Yes. And I want it to stop. Mm -hmm. And so we do, we did, we chose things that we thought would soothe it. We chose things that we thought would silence it. You know, we did what we thought was best, the tools at the time <laughs> to get through. But we have learned since then through the wise counsel of others you know, yes, the Christian that some counselor. of our choices weren't good. Pushing it down right. wasn't good. This is a bad time. 
let's just forget it all happens, push it away yeah, or whatever it is and not face it or all the many things. Let's just be too busy. I won't have to look at it. I won't have to deal with it. Too busy or be that A plus student or be the sexual, you know, you act it out sexually or with alcohol, drown it out. Yeah. There's a lot of different routes that people can go to drown it out. But, (laughs) but, but in the tool belt that we have learned along the way in this process, we're finding out that when you go to God quicker, some things can get solved quicker than the way that we were thinking, at least in my, <laughs> in my story, I finally learned that I could go to God and trust him mm. and have a conversation with him. Even when I didn't fully trust that he was even going to follow through, you know, cause you could be yes. reading the Bible and not even be sure if he's legit mm. with what he was even saying in the Bible at that time is how I felt. But I thought, well, I can at least give it a try. Let me give him a whirl, see what happens. And when I, I remember reaching out to him one of the very first times. And that's the first time I actually felt like he embraced me. He accepted me and he hugged me in a very difficult time. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, okay, I can reach out to him again in another tough time. It wasn't daily at the beginning, but I was learning that I can call on him for certain things. And then as I was practicing that, I was seeing his his responses and his receptiveness, if that makes sense. So there was an experience of the relationship beginning to happen that then grew to when harder things of the abuse were coming to the surface and I didn't know what to deal with, how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I would have rather just put it back down because now's not the time. You know what I mean? I want to enjoy a grandbaby or I want to enjoy this about my life, or I want to be doing this right now. I want to be happy. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want these things to be haunting me or processing in the back of my head when I'm trying to be all present here on this place. Faster I get it to God. I know it's not about speed, but (laughs) faster I take it to God, we can walk through it and he can help me carry the the weight of it and it not be so weighty. And then the healing comes in it as well. I hope that made sense because he says he'll carry our yoke, you know, trade, trade our burden, give our burdens to him. Yes. Take his yoke. It's lighter. It's so true. And I didn't realize how true that was until really processing how our abuse process went along. I think the biggest thing is to trust the process, trust enough to breathe and ask for help ask for that help from god ask for the leading of where to go next that type of thing whether it's a counselor whether it's finding some prayer partners that you could bring in a couple of people that type of thing um just huge um i did want to go ahead and i had you look up a few scriptures ahead of time today Uh, If you could read a few of those, um, those were comforting verses for me in those early years Mm. when I felt like I was more in the fetal position when I was hurting and I felt like there was such shame and guilt and all the other stuff. And I was working on those very 
beginning steps. And it was so hard to go to God to even ask for any comfort to let him touch my pain spots. So if you could read those verses right now, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. I've got Psalm 91, four to six. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. That speaks big time. Second Kings 6, 15 to 16. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and he went outside and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Exclamation mark. (laughs) (laughs) Then Isaiah, yeah, it ends with an exclamation mark. And then Isaiah 41.10, don't be afraid for I am with you. This is God speaking. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. (laughs) Your Psalm 91 about the feathers. There was a song. um, I still sing it today. I don't know why, but it's a it's an old hymn, I'll call it. It's, um, he will raise you up on eagle's wings, bury you on the breath of dawn, make you to shine like the sun. <laughs> that song came to mind when I was hearing this and that used to comfort me as a kid. Mm-hmm. He will raise you up on eagle's wings, bury you on the breath of dawn, make you to shine like the sun. I forget the rest of it, but it was a big deal to me to remember things like that, even while it was happening that, okay, God makes promises that he's going to fulfill. He will hold tight to those. He will bring it to pass. And he's done that with these verses in our lives. Yes. Even when I was reaching out and using coping behaviors that were very sinful, even when I felt so ugly, even when I was so afraid, I'm sweating bullets. Mm -hmm. He still was there. He still had me. Mm -hmm. And that is where I could find my comfort. I knew like the Bible was talking about the person, what are we going to (laughs) do? And the bottom line was, I can't see beyond the natural. And because of that, I need to trust in faith that God, who says he loves me so much, is going to go ahead and help me to walk through the healing process in his love, in his good time. He has wonderful compassion for me. And I'm thinking, but God, I'm messed up. I am so ruined. I'm not very loving. I'm not this or that. And I would really get hard on myself on how I wasn't like these people who weren't sexually abused and look how loving and kind they are. And look at these women of God and he'll go, Oh, you, you love people. I don't love people. And go, 
Remember when you did this? You did it because of love. Mm-hmm. I don't have compassion, Lord. How come I just don't, you know, I just, I don't, yes, you do. When you did this, that was showing compassion. And it was like, you know how you don't feel lovable right now? Right. I don't. And he goes, you made dinner for your family. That's love. And that just made me cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that burst the dam. I was so negative and so bitter towards myself. I was mad at myself that that just broke the dam because it was like, he's right. Yeah. I made dinner for my family because I love them. Like, boom. <laughs> think that he does that you know the whole reason i'm talking about being so exhausted just being tired and walking through the healing think of a runner they start running this marathon and they're running and maybe it's even their first marathon and they got off on the wrong tempo so they started too fast because they had so much adrenaline going so and they're starting to wear down. Well, the thing is, is they would, they need to go ahead and slow down and start breathing and get back in the rhythm of it and then start going at the right pace again. We may walk into the healing that we're inspired to go get healing in a certain area, but we have so much adrenaline going and we want to get it all done and over with in one day thing. And it becomes too much. And we got to get back to our regular rhythm of running to make it through the whole race. Because our life is a marathon with God. It is. It's <laughs> not just one quick sprint. Not at I all. I don't know why this picture is coming to mind, but I'll share it. <laughs> okay. Um, when you were talking about that marathon... <laughs> Mm-hmm. and it being you know pacing it there's there's the other extreme that we could do as well so in high school I went to a ski trip the adrenaline was so high it was my first time skiing I did the bunny slopes to just get the basics and then got up on that ski lift to get to the top of this it wasn't a mountain it was in Michigan so there are no mountains but you know the big old slope get to the top go to get off (laughs) the fear comes and I realized I wasn't taught how to get off of a ski lift and so I just jump off and I'm just knocking people over (laughs) and um that created some new fear in me Mm. and so I'm at the top of this mountain and I go down and I think I tried it twice, two or three times, and I kept knocking people over every time I got off of the ski lift. And so I refused. I then said, I'm just going to hang up. I'm just going to hang up the skis. I'm not doing this no more. And I sat inside the ski lodge and looked out the window. I probably sulked in there for about two to three hours, mm. refusing to do it again because I just didn't do it well. Screwed up. <laughs> I was hurting people all along the way. And... Um, I realized I needed to have courage. I couldn't waste my day. I spent this money, couldn't waste my day. And I shouldn't be sitting out on the sidelines. And I don't know how that relates to the runner, except that not giving up. Yeah, you might try it with the heavy adrenaline and you go for it. And yeah, maybe you bite off a big bite 
with trying to heal. And then you realize, Ooh, this is going to take a whole lot more than what you thought, you know, and it does, it takes a lot out of you emotionally and mentally and, and time. And it, it, there is some consuming that happens. If that makes sense, there's good consuming because you're still processing thing. It's not a check in, check out of a hotel overnight, and then you're all good. It's a, you've gone into say a therapy session, you come back, you're still processing the things that you've learned and you're still processing with God. So where's this go now? How am I supposed to be be obedient in this? How do I walk this out now? Instead of letting, you know, instead of pushing it or behaving the way you used to towards it, it's now in a healthy place. <laughs> to know? keep it to keep it in that healthy place and not give up and go to the ski lodge and say I'm done. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and to move forward in it again. And so and then I did and it became a great example now I can say I can ski, but at that point I was ready to give up because it was so hard. That my adrenaline took the most of me and I wasn't doing it in a wise way and I'm not doing that as a warning to everybody out there is my thing is go and get some help, go and start it and let God direct your pace and let God direct what piece to work on next. And some of us that are gung ho and we want to get it all done right away. (laughs) That's where we need to press into Christ even more to ask which piece now, which piece needs to wait, which piece is most important that I can work through, you know, and like you were talking about being married, sometimes it's something that's happening within your marriage. That's not healthy, you know, a resistance to the spouse or how the anger is coming up towards your children as you're disciplining them. There's different things that come up at different times that will raise the abuse to the surface again, that you will have to process through. And checking in with Christ on that pace, like the runner, <laughs> you know. Um, and there might be a time where you're like, I'm just not interested anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but it would be the same as me totally giving up on eating healthy. Maybe I just need to try getting a new book on it. If it was a running race, maybe I need to look at a different workout style type thing. Um, maybe I need to pick a new goal. Yeah. Uh, maybe I need to try running with weights in my arms so that the days that I don't, boy, I feel like light as a feather, <laughs> just different ways, different breathing exercises. Um, it may be that it's not, you went far with your counselor, but you've come to an end and you're not getting any further. It might be a different counselor. It might be just a different woman's group to start going to the church. Um, I don't know, but God does. And he can lead you because this is not a one and done. And you may be going through a season or what I call a wave. And it's pretty level when it comes to the abuse part and nothing's popping up, nothing or whatever it is, that type of thing. That is awesome. I love those moments. I love (laughs) those years of when that happens, but then something else comes up and though you don't think it has anything, anything to do with your abuse, your friend, your close companion, husband, wife will go, oh yeah, I could see how it's totally related. And you're like, 
missed that one. Yeah. <laughs> I missed that one. Okay. What's the first thing to do? Go to God. Yes. Talk yeah. with him about it. Breathe. Be honest. Even if the honesty is, I don't want to go there, Lord. <laughs> and even if the honesty is, I thought we worked on this and I got it all taken care of. And yeah, then that was I it right there. One. Did you hear it? <laughs> I got it all taken care of. That's why it wasn't taken care of all the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I put myself in the God seat. Got to take myself out of that God seat. Didn't realize it. So yeah, I, I want to encourage you to keep at this race. But remember, even runners take breaks, right? Absolutely. Uh, marathon runners rest well, eat well. And that's what we need to be doing as well as we go through this healing through the trauma from the sexual abuse. And um, I pray that if you're exhausted at this time, to take this time and go, okay, God, I'm resting in you. Refresh me, Lord. Refresh my spirit. If there's nothing else I'm supposed to do right now in that arena, wonderful. Where else are we walking right now? Who mm -hmm. else can I encourage at this time and go that direction? Yeah. When you're talking about the seasons and even the included, inclusion of other people, mm -hmm. some of the seasons are, are the reaching out to other people and helping them. So like for myself, it was the four years of the intense therapies with the groups and individual, and then going to college and God kind of shifted it. And the shift for me was then he prodded me to start a, a group on campus, just a Bible hmm. study group. I didn't know what we were supposed to study. I just knew God was saying, gather people. So I just threw out this blanket invitation, you know, Hey, anybody wants to get together, talk about Jesus, meet me in such and such prayer room, you know, and it ended up being all women that showed up. And then as we were introducing each other, the first time we got together, the common denominator was every one of these women were sexually assaulted in some way. Hmm. That was God because <laughs> there was nowhere on the invitation. If you were this, 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 then you can show up to this, you know, God orchestrated a new season for me at that time, hmm. you know, so it was, it was me walking through the things that I had learned, me walking through my new identity I was finding, and then being able to, in a sense, lock arms with other women at that time to just, just that camaraderie, what's God have to say, you know, how's God walking us through this, this weird time, you know, as a freshman in, in college and navigating, you know, being a new out on your own person, <laughs> you know, so there's different seasons on how he brings other people into your life and your healing as well. And even the people Amen. who are friends for those times also, if that makes sense, who will be your, they can be part of your wing lifting you up, but it also could be somebody you're sharing what you've learned and it can lift them up too. Yes. You know, so another thought. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a journey. It and is. may you all be encouraged by it. All right. Thank you for discussing today, Renee. You are welcome. Thank you for bringing it up. All he right. Shelter you with his wings and his yeah. faithful promises are your armor and protection. Amen. Mm. <laughs>
You have been listening to the Awake to Joy podcast. Views expressed in this podcast are the speaker's opinions. Thank you for listening. If you could please give us a review below, we would appreciate it greatly, as well as share this podcast with your family and friends. If you would like to get in contact with us, we'd love to hear from you. Check the show descriptions for more information. Under no circumstances shall Awake to Joy, its employees, volunteers, guests, or officers be liable for any direct or indirect losses or damages arising out of comments made. We look forward to chatting with you again. Because he lives, it changes everything.